amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. We hold these truths to be self-evident. If our enemies dare to strike us, they and all who have aided them will face fearful consequences. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. The eyes of the world are upon you. You will bring about the destruction of the German war machine. And the people who knocked these buildings down will hear all of us soon. Good morning, good evening. You know what? It could be good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to Speak the Truth, Episode 8. It is September 7th of 2021. I just want to let you guys know, I I said this in yesterday's episode. I know this whole weekend was a long weekend. A lot of you guys did not work. Took the time off to spend with your family. That is phenomenal. But I did launch an episode yesterday. It's a shorter one. There wasn't a lot going over the weekend, which can be a good thing. You know, there's not a lot of bad stuff going on. But I hope you guys did enjoy it with your family. But I did state this weekend that we did crush it on the charts. And it's all because of you guys. And I wanted to kind of give you an update because you guys have been following along either with the YouTube channel. If you guys don't know who I am, I'm, I used to be called, I, I am, I am. I'm Lunkers TV to a ton. Basically, now I just started changing myself back over to my, my name, Robert Turkla. But uh, because of you guys, we have still crushed it on the charts over this last week. Currently, right now on Apple Podcasts, we are number four in the world right now in the news category, uh, news commentary, I guess, with, along with all these giants like Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles and Charlie Kirk and Glenn Begg and Dan Bongino. I'm, I'm literally number four. We are this, this, this podcast. And to make it even crazier, we are number 10 on the, on the entire Spotify playlist for podcasts. Like when I mean everything, I'm in the top 10 in the world right now because of you guys. Like nine ahead of me is Joe Rogan, who is like the biggest on planet earth. You know, who's a number, who's in 11th right now? Ben Shapiro. How are we in the top 10 on planet? I guess, you know what, I guess, I guess, I guess it's the fact, the matter of the fact that on here, we speak the truth. And when I've, I've always said this, if you speak the truth, people will listen. They can see through the bullshit. And on here we do. I do love it. And I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much for listening. I cannot, I can't, I can't fucking believe it. And we're sitting clearly like right now, we're sitting in the top 10 on planet earth on Spotify for podcasts. That is wild to me absolutely wild and thank you so much so coming out the gate i know we're just coming off a long weekend but in chicago they were having a little bit of problems uh which shouldn't surprise a lot of you guys and gals who pay attention to what is going on in in america it's it's somewhat always ironic to me that they they scream from the rooftops to defund the police and do all this shit in these mainly it only comes from the democratically led areas of the states and, and, and I say that because New York, I, I've been to New York and I've been to Illinois and in Washington and California. I've been to all these states. And within these states, it's mainly just the, the, the core population within the, the bigger cities are all Democrats. So they're all, it's, it's basically Democratic led cities. All the major ones are screaming for defund the police, which is always so ironic because when their, their crime rates spike, they never say that it's because they defunded the police. It's always because of something else. Right now, I think in New York, I didn't even want to talk about this because it's so asinine. And they're just, they're claiming that a lot of the, the shit that's going on in New York right now is, is due to climate change. Now, who in the right fucking mind would believe that crime is spiking due to climate change? It's not even something I'm even going to talk about because it doesn't make, it doesn't make fucking, it doesn't make any sense. And it's not true. We all know it's not fucking true. So why am I even going to talk about it? It is not fucking true. 
I think, I think, I think my six-year-old daughter could see through that bullshit if she really wanted to. She'd be like, ah, dad, I don't believe that's real. And she wouldn't, she didn't even understand what's going on half the time. And she would understand that that is not factual. But this weekend in Chicago, they had six people killed and 56 wounded just over Labor Day weekend with gun violence. I mean, with gun violence. And I was trying to find like an accurate statistic on exactly uh, what the gun violence has been in Chicago this year. And there's no updated stuff. I can only tell you guys exactly what happened. I think as of August 1st, so just over a month ago, I can give you that stuff. But there's nothing online currently that states what, how much it's risen up to right now. But I'm going to assume it's pretty bad because there's literally a site, a website that tracks exactly where the shootings take place. Like they, they have pins. Like they have actual GPF coordinates to where they are and they keep a, a track of where it's going on. That's how bad it is. The only reason why I'm bringing this up is because they're always screaming about uh, take away guns and gun rights and just take them away. But they mainly only do it during elections. If you guys have not noticed, they haven't talked about it since. And it's so ironic because the ones that are screaming to take guns away have the largest amount of gun violence in their cities. Every single one of them has a major problem with crime and gun violence. And yet they scream to have gun violence. Gun, like in Texas and, and, and where I live, we don't have that problem at all. You know why? Because everybody carries guns. So if, like for the most part, I'm not going to say everybody, but for the most part, a lot of people have them. So if you have a huge population that is carrying them and you know a lot of people have them, you're probably going to be a little bit more deterred to create or commit a crime in that area because you know someone might have a gun and isn't going to be scared to use it because it's their legal right to use it. If you're doing some stupid shit, right? As of August 1st, there's nothing I could find currently online about this. August 1st, there was 461 shootings in July alone in Chicago. That's up 15% from last year. 15%. So here's an even crazier stat. So this year alone, this this goes up to, I think it was midway through. There was 445 homicides recorded in 2021 compared to 446 during the first seven months of 2020. Once again, both numbers are significantly higher than those recorded in 2019 when 290 people were killed in the first seven months. That's representing a 53% increase in homicides in, um, in that state alone. It, like, let that sink in. 53% increase in two years over the same period. I mean, how, how could you sit back in, inside of that city and look at this and say there was 400, because this is, this is real. There was 461 shootings reported in 31 days in July. How can you look at that and say, it's because we, we need to take guns away. No, you need to put more cops on the street to deter people from doing stupid shit like this. Give them more power to, to stop people from doing stupid shit. And it, it like, I don't, I don't see how they can, it's like that thing I was speaking about the other day in California where they're paying people $300 a day or excuse me, $300 a month to not commit crimes. You really think those people are going to stop committing crimes with $300? They're going to take that money and they're going to commit more crimes using that money. This, it's, it's painted on the wall. It's clear as day. And I, if you can't see through it, I mean, you're probably listening to this podcast. You already know that, that that's the truth. That, that's the way it is. So anyway, we'll move on from that. I just wanted to bring it up. The best way for me to put this is there's so many people within that city who are being held captive, in a sense, by... The government officials because they're allowing this crime to run rampant. I it's just it's it's just wild to me. So we'll move on from that. I just wanted to talk about that for a second because it's just something I thought was pretty important because it's American news and it's pretty much to me it's not it's not the biggest thing that's been going on here 
in America, but it's I, I just had to touch on it because I saw it and I was like, it kind of it kind of struck a nerve with me. So there's an opinion article out currently right now. I know opinions they're they're like. Every, everybody has one, literally. But this one was kind of interesting. It was out of the New York Post. Biden's Afghanistan disaster and his lies are strong grounds for impeachment. Because I know a lot of people have been on the right side. Clearly not the left side. I was I was listening to Fox this morning and CNN. I literally had the, I would listen to one for 30 minutes and one for the other. Just because I'm trying to stay as, as unbiased as I possibly can. Just to see what they're talking about for the day. And the entire time I had CNN on, they talked about they talked about the same exact shit. Like, like no, I'm not kidding when I say the same thing. They talked about the coronavirus and the coronavirus cases and how the South has jacked it up. And it's just so funny to watch the trends. And then you go over to Fox and the only thing they're talking about, the only thing they're talking about is Afghanistan. That is it, which is fine. They can, but you guys see what I mean about why this, this podcast was so important. You can clearly see the definitive line between parties and what their political agenda is at all time. Anyway. So when I'm when I'm reading through these opinion articles, I want to make sure you guys realize there is for sure 100% there's going to be a biased opinion and a political agenda behind it. But if I find it interesting, I'll probably put it on here. And the only reason why I find it interesting because I'm going to, I'm going to read it verbatim off this article, so you don't have to read through it. It's a whole ton. I just want to let you guys know I spend about two and a half hours to three hours every morning trying to find stuff for this podcast. So I'm going to try to sift through as much and give you the basically the cliff notes. Any Democrat who does not have a shockingly selective and short-term memory ought to understand this. Democrats' first attempt to do peach of Trump commenced in 2019 due to thoroughly unmemorable and unremarkable phone call with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky. The amounted to a five-page printed transcript but was clearly underpinned by nothing whatsoever, if not an alleged uh, violation of some public trust. Okay, so yes, this is actually somewhat what I, I would I would like to say. If I was a fact checker, this would be this would be counted as yes. That's pretty fucking true. There was nothing in there. But Biden went on to say this within his transcript this past week, as you guys do know. I need not tell you the perception around the world and parts of Afghanistan. I believe is that things aren't going well in terms of the fight against Taliban, and there's a need, whether it is true or not, that it is a project a different picture. In what sane world is Biden's outrageous phone call with Ghani? less damning than the Trump's Ukraine phone call with Zelensky. And Ghani is the president or prior president of Afghanistan who cowardly, yes, Ghani is a fucking coward. He ran away from his people like he's a coward. Just going to say that. And then it goes on to say, in which former president temporarily delayed the release of eventually dispersed former aid as part of a sloppily template quid pro quo. And the reason why I'm bringing up this opinion article, because you have two sides. You have the right to, of course, they, they would love to see Biden impeach, but there's some that are saying it's not going to happen because of what's going on. They, Democrats pretty much control everything, so that's probably not going to happen as of right now, maybe past 2022, which I've said in previous episodes. But I'm saying this because though this is an opinion, opinionated article and it states it at the very top, it is somewhat kind of factual in a sense that if, if you were to reverse the roles and you were to put a, say it was Trump that did this or who, a different Republican in office that did this, the Democrats would be screaming from the rooftops that he needs to be impeached because he gave foreign aid to a sworn enemy of the United States, which, in fact, he did. Did he not? There's a lot of shit that he that Biden has lied about over the last two weeks that have been, in my eyes, just grounds. He should be resigning. I don't know if he should be impeached. We know he's not going to resign, but that's the only reason why I'm going to bring this up because it, though it is opinionated. It's actually somewhat factual because, if you, like I said, reverse the roles. What's going to happen? They're going to they would do literally what I would love to do, but I know it's not going to because we don't want to make the word impeachment. We don't want to use that as a tool or a weapon to constantly just go after the, the sitting office or the sitting president that's in office for something stupid that they have done. Because 
over a four-year span, presidents do stupid shit all the time. So this leads me to my my next piece I want to discuss just a little bit with y'all is everybody kind of in my group, we don't, no one ever talks about January 6th and whatnot. So I, I type in in the morning as well. I, I, I pull up all these news news sites. I just want to see what, what everybody's talking about, which I've stated before. And all over CNN site, it's, it's talking about January 6th. So I don't take anything for them, really. I, I sift through their articles and we, we read through some and it was like, oh, that's okay, whatever. So I went to a different site and we picked up another one. And CNN could do nothing but talk about this January 6th. And in my eyes, they're pretty much just trying to bring up articles and shit that's going on from January 6th to kind of cover up exactly what's going on with the Biden administration and kind of help him like not kill his approval rating. Because right now, as I checked this morning, they were sitting at 42% approval rating. And that's pretty fucking terrible from where he was at at 56%. So everything on the front page talks about that. So I went to a different site because I wanted to find out, is there anything that has actually came out of this that's, that's worthy of because everything within those articles, it literally was just headlines about January 6th and Trump and this shit and that, that literally did nothing. I was like, these don't really like amount to anything. You click into it and there's basically just a bunch of words on a page that amounts to nothing. So then I go and find out that the FBI found scant evidence that the U.S. attack uh, on the Capitol was actually coordinated. I was like, what the fuck? This was from a different news source. But it states that the U.S. Capitol, um, excuse me, that the FBI has found Scant evidence that the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was the result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election result, according to four current and former law enforcement officials. Though federal officials have arrested more than 570 alleged participants, the FBI at this point believes the violence was not centrally coordinated by far-right groups or prominent supporters of then-President Donald Trump. And that was according to the sources who have been either directly involved in or briefed regularly on wide-ranging investigations. If that's the case, this also states that 90 to 95% of these are one-off cases. So if they're one-off cases, then you have the 5% that maybe of these militia groups that are more closely organized, but there was no grand scheme with, with Roger Stone and Alex Jones and all of the people to storm the Capitol to take the hostage. So this is this is, this is is what I wanted to, to ask us. So if this, this came out in the FBI, I found literally nothing that ties former president to this. And why are they still holding this January 6th committee? Does it have anything to do with the 2022 election? Does it have anything to do with saving face with the Democrats and making it seem like they're trying to still go after Trump for something that he clearly had nothing to do? Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up like the two prior impeachments. Nothing's going to come out of it. And maybe they just need something to talk about. I have no idea. But on here, it literally states that there was nothing coordinated with supporters of, of Donald Trump. So if that's the case, then why are we still talking about it? Why does it even matter? It's the only thing they're talking about right now besides the coronavirus over on CNN. And like I said, it has some sort of political agenda behind it or they wouldn't be doing it. Like they wouldn't be doing it, correct? I don't know. It's just goofy to me. I thought the whole January 6th thing um, was 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 absolutely fucking that stupid. It was ass and it, like, it was the dumbest thing ever. And it, it accomplished nothing and it was pointless. It was so pointless. I would assume that if it actually stemmed more from people were protesting and then all of a sudden some some jackass was like, yeah, let's storm the fucking cabin. It was like, yeah, everybody's on high, high level. And they're like, we're going to fucking do this together. You know, we're going to take over the cabin. And then they get inside. They're like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to take a photo with this fucking statue. Like, that's what I I imagined. Like, we don't know what we're going to do when we get in. Yeah, no shit because you had no plan in the first place. But. All right, let's go on to the next one. This one's pretty interesting because uh, it's one of those ones where I can say, oh, they're always screaming from the rooftop about everything is is racist, of course. Everything. It doesn't matter what it is. 
I'm surprised they make iPhones in the color black because you know, it's racist as shit. And the only reason why I say that is because my iPhone is sitting in front of me. But anyway, Newsom Rally Speaker calls Larry Elder a black face on white supremacy. Yes, that is right. Larry Elder is now a racist towards blacks. Racism comes in all shapes and sizes. That's a state senator from California. Yes, a state fucking senator said this. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a senator, Sydney Cam Lager. Uh, she said uh, there's a recall challenger who thinks that he might have an edge because of his color, but racism comes in all shapes and sizes, and we're not stupid. So right now, what's going on in California, they, they, they're having a recall election uh, with Gavin Newsom, the shithead that he is, with a gentleman named Larry Elder, who's actually a conservative radio host. So a Republican, which is kind of a big deal, which I'll, I'll talk about here in a second, is trying to take over California. And there was a, there was a lady that came up named Melina Abdullah, a professor at California State University. Okay, she followed up by saying, she didn't say his his by name, but I will. She is she is strong, powered, fucking ready to fight on the streets of California for for social justice. But she says Larry Elder is a black face on a white supremacy. I would love for her to fucking explain that. Anybody on planet Earth, please explain how that makes any fucking sense whatsoever. I would love to hear it. I would love to hear Melina Abdullah explain just she would, she would, you know what? She'd probably get pissed at me because I'd be mansplaining right now. You know what I mean? Just spreading my legs out too far. On, and she's the type of lady who probably gets pissed when, for men sitting on the bus when they have to spread the legs out, you know, because their nether regions might be getting crushed. Stop manspreading. She'd be fucking pissed if I was mansplaining. I don't know where this came from. That was a really random rant, but we'll move on from that. I, I, I go on to read even more. It's really goofy. So Newsom, a white guy, as you guys, you know, he's at a, uh, He's at an event that's it's hosted by African American Voter Registration and Education Project. Excuse me. Very long abbreviation. A-A-V-R-E-P. No one fucking remembered that, I promise you. He says, I really want to express to all of you that I have your back. This is from Newsom. This is an attack on our values and the things that we hold dear to state. Just consider the prospect if we don't vote no on this election, he said, painting a dire picture for California policies on climate change labor and social justice if elder is elected so you have a white governor who is saying to a african-american voter registration education product event holy shit that's a really long name to a basically an event hosted for african-americans is stating that if you vote a black guy into office they're going to be destroying social justice what does that make any fucking sense okay no no it doesn't Oh, I can't move on from that. Sorry. I was kind of wondering where Kamala Harris was and, and just so happens she is actually in California right now. If you guys didn't know, know this, she's in California campaigning with Gavin Newsom in final stretch before California re-election. So then it got me thinking, what is so important about this California election that the vice president of the United States has to fly to California while there's so much other shit going on that her time is so important, you know, because she's fucking an important lady that she needs to go and campaign with Gavin Newsom. To make sure he doesn't fucking lose that seat. So that got me thinking, why is this so important? Why does Kamala Harris really need to go and, and try to step in and, and move her little political power to try to make sure he stays in his seat? Okay, so I got the, got the, got the, got the, got the research. And it's like, I got, you want to know what's going on with the recall election? I got you guys, don't worry. That's why you're here. You're here for some nether region tingling action through your ears. It is stating here that the new governor's authority will be somewhat limited by the fact that California's next election takes place in November of 2022. Okay, so that's, that's the 2022 elections I've been discussing. 
Moreover, if the governor's a Republican, his or her authority would be checked to some extent by a California legislator, which has a Democratic uh, supermajority, which we all know that is strictly a blue state. So it's not super, super crazy to think that. But with that said, there are several things that a new governor could do independent of the legislative branch. In the short term, he or she could alter or lift California's mass mandates. Oh, shit. That's crazy. Which Newsom largely imposed via executive fiat. Independent of the state legislature, Edler has pledged to eliminate them independently. Or, excuse me, immediately. The new governor could also appoint judges and fill other vacant seats, perhaps most importantly in the event of vacancy statewide office. So, Diane Feinstein of California's senior senator who celebrated her 88th birthday in June. Congrats on your 88th. That is old, and I hope I make it that long. But the governor would have the authority to fill that empty slot. So as the Senate is currently tied at 50 Democrats and 50 Republicans, a Republican taking a Democrat seat would have a dramatic consequence on national politics. So if you sit there and think about it, that is why Kamala Harris is taking her so sweet fucking precious time out from doing actual shit for America and has a political agenda to make sure that they don't lose California. So like I said... What's going on? I don't. She has nothing to do with with the border. She doesn't want to look at that or how to get Afghans or excuse me, Americans out of Afghanistan. We still have around 100, 100-ish, 200 from what I could find. I know the State Department uh, actually took this one's kind of ironic too, and kind of shitty at the same time. State the State Department is trying to steal credit for rescuing of four Americans from Afghanistan. Uh, which is a total lie. You guys do not know this. Corey Mills and a private team of military veterans led the effort to rescue Miriam and her three children from Afghanistan. But as of Monday, senior State Department officials announced that they had, uh, the U.S., that is, has facilitated the safe departure of four U.S. citizens by overland route from Afghanistan. Embassy staff was present upon their arrival. But those actually involved in a dangerous rescue operation say the State Department deserved little to no credit for Miriam's escape from Afghanistan. It is crazy to me that you have a private team of military veterans that are getting funding by private donors doing the job of our government when we were, I say weeks, I was a veteran, but veterans were trained by the government. So it's kind of ironic. That doesn't make any sense, but it is happening. But Mills and his team worked for two weeks to get Marion's family out of Afghanistan after Republican uh, Texas Representative Ronnie Jackson alerted him of his of his family's plight. So this is good. You have fucking actual Americans going over and saving Americans out of Afghanistan when you have our vice president who apparently or even the president at this, at this stage of our fucking country does not give a shit if they left anybody over there at all, which we're going to find out as we keep going on through this episode of this podcast, that they really don't give a shit. No one really cares. Like it's one of those kind of things that they, they listen to out the gate. Um, I I did see something up here. I'm up in Detroit, just north of Detroit. And I actually did go into a bar and they had 13 beers still laid out with American flag and all the money that was inside the pot was being donated to veterans, um, which was awesome. Anyway, but that's, that's the other thing is they really only talked about this stuff. The news only talked about this stuff other than Fox. They only talk about this while it's hot because it makes the president look bad. And the, the final time Miriam's family actually made it to the airport to try to get on those flights before we completely evacuated or left. I say evacuated, excuse me, deserted everybody in Afghanistan. Miriam tried to enter the airport and a Taliban fighter pointed a pistol at her head and, and warned her to not come back. Shortly after that, Taliban fighters asked Kabul locals, who knew Miriam how they could find her. Miriam's team, or excuse me, Mill's team rushed to get her and the children out of the city into a safe house. So we do know that they still are. The Taliban still is currently around trying to find uh, Americans and kill them, which right now they were just accused. Late yesterday evening, the Taliban was accused of murdering a pregnant Afghan policewoman in front of her family. So I told you guys 
on maybe the first episode, second episode. If you haven't listened to it, you need to go to back and actually listen to it because it talks about what is going to be end up happening to these people in Afghanistan, these interpreters, the policemen, the Afghan National Army, people that fought with us and, and so on and so forth. They're going to be sought after and killed, beheaded, everything you can possibly imagine, have their eyes cut out, drugged behind trucks, uh, ran over, everything, you could, like, anything raped, abused, yes, everything you could possibly imagine. But anyway, uh, this did happen. Uh, the Taliban, uh, they murdered a pregnant policewoman in front of her family on Saturday night, according to her son. Her death in central Afghanistan province of Gore adds to mounting concerns of the re uh, repression of women under the Taliban's rule. There's also some images on how the, I mean, if you guys don't know how they, they treat them, it's absolutely terrible. Sharia law, if it goes into effect, like it's, it's goes down to like living back in, like they, they'll stone you for something like that's a real thing. They'll stone you for being gay. They'll cut off your hands for, for stealing. They'll pluck your eyes out for looking at a woman incorrectly, like shit like that. That's like real. That's stuff that they do. But the Taliban claimed that they were not involved in her death um, and that they have personally launched an investigation. That is, to me, is, is, is crazy that, that we, that's even reported on that they're going to launch an What are they going to launch an investigation on? The fucking, the fucking Taliban? I know the inner workings of Afghanistan, the Afghan people, when it comes to, like, getting shit done. Eh, no. Uh, by the way, this lady was eight months pregnant when she was killed. And she was killed by stabbing by the Taliban. And the Taliban can say they weren't involved in this, but we all know that they were. And I'm just going to fucking put it out. Yes, they were. There's no way that they weren't. The son said they killed our mother before our eyes and they killed her with a knife. <sighs> but in other news, uh, I guess that's good things the Taliban have done with themselves. Is kind of strange putting that in the same sentence. They show off a captured and blindfolded ISIS uh, terrorist suspect. If you guys didn't know this, they caught a, a suspected ISIS member of the group's armored vehicles they were transporting around on Sunday and literally just showing them off to the world, letting them let them know don't 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 be like this guy. I don't know what the end result for this guy is, nor do I really care. He's a he's a terrorist scumbag piece of shit uh, ISIS member, so it's really not that big of a deal to me. What I do believe is going to end up happening is this kind of shit's going to happen, and they're basically going to target each other over the next I don't know, say months, weeks. They're just ISIS and and Taliban. That is, they're going to target each other. You're going to see some attacks on on either side of the the, the fence, and then it's going to blow out into a an all-out civil war, but I do not believe that ISIS is going to be able to keep up with its, uh, say, its recruiting as the Taliban would be able to. The Taliban has like 80-some thousand or so strong. I think ISIS has like six or 7,000. I will say, like I've said before, ISIS is much more extreme when it comes to shit that's going to happen than the Taliban, but I don't know. I'm just going to say it might be going go into somewhat of a civil war, and it's basically just going to be a bunch of cowards blowing each other up with suicide vests and killing a bunch of civilians in the process. Oh man, you know, there was a horrific attack this, this, this weekend as well, um, by a fucking, just a maniac in Florida. He was a veteran that had PTSD, but I, I just want to say that that has nothing to do with, with what he had done. It has absolutely nothing to do. Thank God there hasn't been any articles that come out to say that all veterans with PTSD are going to have a chance of doing this. Yes, that may be a possibility. But I highly, highly, highly doubt it. I think it has to do with more of a mental mental thing than anything. I think he had a, a mental problem, a mental disorder. If you do not know this, a, a shithead, yes, I'm going to call you a shithead. He's a, a Marine veteran named Brian Riley. 
He killed a couple and their three-month-old son and the boy's grandmother. He also injured the 11-year-old daughter and then killed the dog, the family's pet. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you, you read in the morning this thing, and apparently the guy actually showed up to their house the night prior or the day prior, nine hours before, and this is 30 miles from away from where he lives. He met him. He met the guy who was mowing his lawn. He literally told Gleason that God had sent him to prevent a suicide by someone named Amber. Gleason then told Riley that no one lived there by that name and asked him to leave. They called 911, but the authorities arrived. Riley's were gone. So, yes, like I said, this guy had a mental problem. Dude, this is crazy. I read even more of this. Around 4.30 a.m., he showed up on, on Sunday arranging glow sticks to create a path to, to the house in what Judd said may have been an attempt to draw officers into an ambush. God, this guy, what in the world? Yeah, this is crazy to me. I read this even more. I mean, he went inside the house, barricaded it off, killed the family, and then got in a major shootout with police. And then after it's all said and done, he comes out, drops the weapon, and then throws up his hands. Like, that is, to me, that is fucking... There was no need for this. I mean, the... There, he didn't say why he did this. He said God directed him to do it. I, he it has nothing to do with PTSD. It's 100%. He has got a mental problem. And the crazy, the most terrible, the worst thing about this thing is the victims were begging for the life, for the lives. And he said that he killed them anyway. I mean, that, that's just kind of gives me goosebumps just even talking about it. It's fucking terrible. That, well, he drove to a random person's house and it, I, it's so crazy to me. Yeah. And they want to take our guns away. Let that sink in as well. New details emerge about their coronavirus research at uh, Chinese Lab. You guys don't know this, but there has been 900 pages of materials that are related to U.S. funded coronavirus research in China were released following an, a lawsuit by The Intercept. That is, uh, that's pretty interesting because this isn't being talked about on CNN and or Fox as of right now. I don't know if they just don't know about it because it just came out. They got to know about it. If I can find it, they've got to know about it, right? Fuck, I'm just a random guy from Texas. But there's a roadmap apparently to a high-risk research that could have been led to the current pandemic, said Gary Ruskin. He's an executive director of the U.S. Right to Know, a group that has been investigating the origin of COVID-19. I don't think it's very far-fetched to say. Um, I know calling it the China virus or whatever is kind of, it's whatever. It is what it is. But the Wuhan Institute of Biology, if they're studying the coronavirus in vats, I mean, let's just fucking call a spade a spade. If it came out like that, it came out like that. Now we just need to find out, was it malicious? Did it come out on purpose? Or did it? accidentally come out and it just started spreading that's the whole thing behind this but there's apparently a 900 page um document that just came out that states everything that's been going on and who where the money's been coming from and who got it 3.1 million dollars from the eco health alliance that was a grant for the coronavirus uh including 599,000 that went to the wuhan institute of virology used in part to identify and alter back coronavirus likely to infect humans okay so it's really not that far-fetched to say that it came from this lab correct I mean, this, this this article is very, very long. I mean, it's 900 pages put in this one thing. But I'm telling you guys right now, right now there's a lawsuit going on and no one's even talking about it. And just let's just call a spade a spade. It came from there. Since within a communist country that we gave money to to research this kind of shit, which is kind of wild to me in the first place. But they're going like it's any communist country. So they're going, they're going to suppress anything that it comes in that is damning to the country itself. So why wouldn't they suppress this in the first place? But there you go. That just came out as of literally last night at 9 p.m. Maybe that's why no one's talking about it. I don't even know how the hell I found it, to be honest with you. Like it, like I said, it takes me two and a half to three hours to find stuff for this thing. And maybe they just haven't found it. Maybe I found it faster than they did. But there you go. Now you guys know. If you want to go look it up, there you literally can go read 900 pages of materials related to U.S.-funded coronavirus research in China. But there's also a new strand, by the way. There's a new strand of COVID that is now found in 49 U.S. states. It's called Mu. 
MU, MU COVID. It was discovered in Colombia in January and is now spread to nearly four dozen countries, made its presence known in Hawaii and Alaska, and has far been found in 49 states, with Nebraska being the only state to not have the MU virus. And that is because they have a ton of cows in Nebraska. That doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm just kidding. MU apparently is more spreadable or more contagious than the Delta variant. So in California, has the highest number of the variant with 384 in cases. Number latest of that variant and 167 of those cases were found in LA County by itself, which is not too far-fetched because it's just more condensed people. I, you know, and like I, I read these and I wish that we could, if we're now talking about COVID and everything else that's going on and, and how it affects your daily life like this. Like that's the only thing they ever talk about, especially on the left side of, of the spectrum. They talk about like literally this morning, they were talking about how many people have died, how many beds are allowed. Like they were basically just instilling fear on their audience to get them to do what they want. It's just, I mean, it's very, very blatantly out there. But what if we did this with the normal strain of flu? What if the strain of flu from 2019 what if they called it strand F and then strand E from 2018 was something different and they tracked it like that? It would instill fear on people to get the flu vaccine, the regular one, right? Correct. I don't know. I just go to think about it. Is this something that we're going to have to deal with every two to three months? We're going to have a new strain that comes out. They're like, all right, here we go. Let's kick on the vaccine thing. You know what I mean? Anyway, look out for the moo. And if you guys did not know, Seattle could lose over 200 cops due to COVID vaccine mandate. Yes, that is right. Durkin's mandate requires city workers to take the jab by October 18th or face termination. They were already defending police. Now they're not going to allow them to be cops because they did not go get a shot that they weren't willing to get put into their body. Uh, if you guys are new, yes, I already had the vaccine. I've already stated I got it too because I wanted to travel. I didn't really care because I've been injected with so many stuff while I was in the military. Like, what is one more thing going to hurt? And it has worked so far. I haven't got coronavirus since I had the vaccine, but I don't know if it's because I had coronavirus before or not, but anyway, doesn't really matter. Just wanted to state that because there's a lot of people that scream, you're anti-vax or anti-mask or whatever. No, I just do whatever the fuck you want to do. You know what I mean, Jellybean? Just do whatever the fuck you want to do. It is somewhat ironic if you think about it because they're advocating for more police officers because of the spike in crime, but yet they're trying to get rid of them because they didn't get a COVID vaccine, but they're also trying to defund them at the same time. Man, Seattle's a very beautiful city. It's been destroyed by politicians essentially i don't know if you guys have been there in the recent times or in the past when you go there now it's just a bunch of bums drug users people smoking weed on the streets and pretty much just high crime but this is very if you took all that away it's a very beautiful city it really is really nice i used to live up there anyway it is somewhat ironic they're trying to defund them but now they're trying to get rid of them if they don't get the vaccination so they're just trying to have complete control of everything that goes on there if you also didn't know this, Canada is starting to require COVID-19 vaccine to travel on a plane, train, or ship. Yes, you heard me correct. They announced Friday that the commercial airline travelers will soon need to be vaccinated against the coronavirus. So if you ever thought you were going to be traveling to Canada without one, you are shit out of luck. That's also another reason why I got it. I always wanted to go see the World War II memorials and everything that goes on about World War II in France. I really wanted to go see it for my birthday. So I booked a trip and guess what I had to have? The damn vaccine. So I said, that was another reason why I wanted to do it. I wanted to see the World War II stuff. Now, if you live in Canada, you ain't going anywhere. You ain't going in. You ain't going out. You're fucking trapped. You're almost like Australia. I feel bad for y'all in Australia who listen to this because you guys legitimately damn near have concentration camps. I saw some videos of those online and that's what they look like. They look like they, they look like a giant just housing complex that people can't leave because that's exactly what they are. And the last thing I wanted to say is El Salvador. Yes, that is right. El Salvador 
has now become the first country to adopt Bitcoin as an official currency. To me, it seems a little bit wild, but maybe they don't have a very strong dollar themselves because they use American dollar as, as, as their currency as well. But today, Bitcoin is now the official currency of El Salvador alongside, of course, the US, U.S. dollar. But they have actually, El Salvador purchased 400 Bitcoins, which is the equivalent of around $20.9 million. Okay, well, that's not really, if from a government, that's really not that much money, in all honesty. But if the government doesn't have any money, I guess it is a big deal. Because if you think about it, Bitcoin really has a giant swing in emotions. I mean, it is it is all over the place. It's it's like... I mean, if think about it, it literally jumps up and then absolutely nosedives. So if you put all that money in, in your country into it, imagine what happens when it nosedives. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to read out what I would just said is, is so true. They hit a historic high in $60,000 in April for a Bitcoin, and then it lost nearly half of its value by summer. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's wishful thinking, but maybe they don't have anything else but wishful thinking over there because they don't have a ton of economy. So I mean, by all means, try something new. Fuck, it could work out. Imagine if it gets to $100,000 of Bitcoin. I guess you did good. But then do they sell it and then just, that's it? I don't know. Doesn't really matter. Just wanted to say it. There you go. El Salvador is now the first country to adopt Bitcoin as its official currency. I do hope you guys enjoy today's podcast. Thank you so much. Spread the word. I wonder if we can stay in the top 10 on all Spotify for podcasts. That'd be absolutely fucking insane if we did. Not gonna lie. Right now it's insane that we are even there. I feel like, I feel like we fucking, we have accomplished something pretty awesome with this podcast is speaking the truth. Uh, Thank you so much for the support. I do love you guys. I guess I will catch you here tomorrow. Yes, I will catch you guys here tomorrow. Uh, Have a good day. I hope you had a great weekend and uh, I'm glad you're back to work, baby. Yes, that's right. I know you son of a guns are back to work. I'll see you later.